You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm hosting today and uh, I'm joined today by John. Hiya, um, good Christmas. Hi, it's... Uh, it's always good to get a, a wee break for work and spend a bit of time with the, the kids. It's not like, like I'm old enough that I don't really care about Christmas, but the kids enjoy it. So yeah, all about you, there's a, you change the focus. Exactly. There's, there's that period where you're the kid and it's all about you and then you're going to grow up and it's all about going for drinks with mates and stuff like that. And you have your own kids and then it's all about them. So I'm at that stage of my life. Nah, definitely. I'm, I'm pretty much the same boy. It's all about the... So about my boy, etc., and um, everyone else. But yeah, it's good. Um, I, I wonder what's up with um, F Bomb John. He's not given us a, a a note or anything, or um, put in for time off. It's like it's like he's putting a cheeky last minute holiday. All over. Aye. Too much rum. Not on club, but. Aye. Well, actually, I think we should do that tonight. What, what, what are you thinking? Have the rest of them. Well, I do have a pint. It's a pint of um, apple and strawberry juice. And a new pint glass that I got for Christmas. <laughs> I'm saving beer for I'm saving beer for when I'm not working the next day. <laughs> ah, fair enough. I, I'm also working uh, in the morning, so I am in the. Well, I say I'm on. I, I do have a bottle in front of me that is alcoholic, um, but it's Smirnoff Ice because it's nice and fresh. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I don't think I've had a swim off ice since I was in college, and that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's when, I, that's when I was drinking them as well, but I happened to have them in the fridge <laughs> from the summer. That's just how often I drink. I bought like a four-pack when it was nice and the, the weather was terrific. Um, and sat in the garden and drank them, because they're, 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 I like them, because they're nice and refreshing. It's like, what am I need? They are. I just can't... Just alcoholic, you know, what I just didn't know that they still sold them, to be perfectly honest. I thought they went the same way as like Hooch and Bacardi Breezers and all that. Oh, no, you can, you can still get a small enough ice. So, uh, I've had a pack of four. Um, I drank two in the summer. Yeah. I had one at some point recently, and now I've got the last one, because it was in the fridge. So I thought, why not? It's the last podcast of 2019. Yeah. Um, so, aye, let's uh, drown the sorrows. Yeah. So now we need to talk about the football, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll I wish I'd, I wish I'd cra- cracked up my uh, my last Copperberg. Um, yeah, that seems uh, to be the modern day um, fruity alcoholic drink. Everybody likes the, the pear cider and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. People seem to like. But aye, the Copperberg seems to be quite a, a favourable yeah, one. The strawberry and lime's really nice. Yeah. Uh, not, not not really my thing. I've stuck to my Smirnoff ice. Smirnoff ice. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so um, we've got a pretty busy podcast, uh, so we should probably crack on um, and go back to the midweek fixtures. I think it's midweek, I've lost track of what day of the week it is. Um, yeah, the Boxing Day fixtures, let's go with that. Um, and we had uh, 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 an Edmund Derby to watch on telly, that kind of kicked us all off. Um, and when we spoke about it in the podcast last week, because obviously um, Kevin Toddle, who uh, it was a fantastic guest. I thought the, the interview was, was brilliant. It was a lot of good stuff. So um, delighted to have him on. He's, he's always welcome back. Um, but he unfortunately, for he's a Hearts fan. Um, so uh, this, he wasn't too confident going into this game. And having sat and watched that, I could pretty much see why. Um, my 
my sort of glimmer of hope for Hearts was that this was a game that if they could get some for it could start kicked to that whole season. Um, I, it wasn't to be. Uh, <laughs> they pretty much shot himself in the foot. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the two Hibs goals were both uh, scored by Martin Boyle, both created by Scott Allen, the first of which was a hoof up the park. <laughs> and hoof up the park and up in the air. Um, I mean, credit to Boyle, what a volley yeah. uh, to finish it off. Um, but aye, and then the, the second goal, it was, it was Scott Allen, Rob Demure. I'm sure it was probably yeah. Scott Brown's fault. Um, yeah, but, yeah it, was, it, it wasn't like a typical Scott Allen defence splitting pass. It was, like, um, as you say, um, a, a punt in, in, into the box. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's just one of those um, overhead efforts that you just do to just get rid of the ball. He's just hooked it in and... Luckily for him, it's landing. That Christoph Bears forgot to jump and um, Boyle's finish. The second one's a tackle. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that, and um, Boyle finished it very well. But that was actually a good tactical move by Jack Ross to play Boyle through the middle because his pace exploited Hearts um, and you know, finished up very nicely. Um, it worked out really oh. nice for him because I think he was forced into it because Gamberry was injured. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, what you say, playing Boyle through the middle, what worked a treat. Uh, his pace just Hearts really didn't love us in that first half um, and between the two goals though shoot for a penalty I thought like Piezo was, was, was kind of had his had arms all over him that 1-0 so um, I think Hearts were probably a bit hard done by with that one probably should have been given I don't remember the first one I remember the one they say half where he just really fell to be perfectly honest but I don't remember the first aye. incident aye the second one I don't think it was in on that but the, the first one the arms all over him so I think that probably was a penalty Um the only real bright side for Hearts in the first half might have been Machino. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, he had a, he pulled a, a great save out of Marciano in the first half. So, uh, aye, I think it was was probably. I don't know whether it was better in the second half for Hearts or it was just Hibs to protect what they had. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, Hearts had a better chances in the second half, which they didn't have in the first. But this has been their problem recently. Couldn't get any goals out of it. Um, the, the weird part for me uh, was after the game when Stenzel came out and said that it was, he got the performance for the players that he expected. Which what I thought, <laughs> yeah. so, why, why did you pick that team? So, uh, my, 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 my gut instinct of what he was saying with that was actually it was a message to the board and that what am I supposed to do with these players? I can't get the best out of them. I need something new in January. Um, so if it was that kind of message, I don't know. But they then went out on... Sunday there, uh, and played far better. I don't think it was too many changes, was there? I mean, again, Machino was probably the standout in the, the game um, against Aberdeen, but mm-hmm. um, certainly, I mean, you can probably tell me more about it now, because I've only seen the highlights. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the, the highlights too. Um, yeah, so uh, probably my favourite uh, tweet of the weekend was from uh, the Fitbit Tweets account, because obviously I'm an Aberdeen fan. Um, so it, it goes King Derek the Untouchable receives the book on how every team has beaten Hearts and lobs it in the bin pisses, it, pisses on it then sits it on fire King Derek will do it King Derek's way this was before the game <laughs> <laughs> you can tell this is someone that's not in the um, McInnes must stay camp um, but you know it, it was it was so frustrating from an Aberdeen point of view um, after a good win where Con- um, Conor McClellan um, started um, against Livingston scored and had a pretty good game um, and you saw what we just discussed obviously Boyle um, his pace caused his Hibs problems Aberdeen's approach to the game against the bottom of the table side who have won three league games at home all year all calendar year may add 
and who were playing Sean Clare, who's normally anonymous in his own position at right back, um, we decided to put all our wingers and James Wilson on the bench. So it was as if mm-hmm. the tactics was, let's just kick it long and hope, or just play for a draw against the bottom side of the league. And we were lucky know- to be to come away with a point. Do you know how bad that was? I I mean I only like I say I only seen sports scene. I didn't realise they were on the bench because anything Aberdeen did good in my notes says things like uh, McGinn scored for the free kick and off the post. Wilson nearly went scored for a corner. It's all the guys you've just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 I have no notes on Aberdeen before that. Yeah. The, for what I saw the highlights, it was mainly Hearts doing the pressure, um and then they get a goal because Scott McKenna um, tries to jump for a ball and, and misses and then Machino takes on it's a lovely finish to be fair maybe it should have been closed in earlier but just the way we lined up Aberdeen fans have been saying we should play up two up front that's all well and good but you've got to supply them you've got to supply them with either wingers there were none and be a, a creative midfielder which we've not had since uh, Kenny McLean and um, sorry Kenny McLean left so um, no, Anderson and Main were getting absolutely no service at all um, and then, funnily enough, we bring on McGinn, who was good against Livingston, um, and things start happening a bit for us. You know, we get the free kick. I think it's a definite red card because um, under the letter of the law, oh, we feel a wee bit for for Claire. It's a brilliantly taken free kick. But then <laughs> you just think, why why were we not doing this? Hearts Hearts' weakness is people running at them, you know, with pace because they don't have a lot of pace in the back four just now. And we decided to go the opposite. It was it was shocking. A better team would have beat us um, on Sunday. Um, but luckily for us, as we'll come on to, a couple other results went our way and also went against Hearts, believe it or not. Hearts, after getting a decent yeah. point from their point, actually fell further behind because Hamilton got a great win against Motherwell, having lost a cur- crucial game against St. Joyce in midweek. Yeah, yeah. I, like you say, the, the big problem for Hearts in this game, and I think they maybe would have won this game had it not been for that one moment of madness where they gave away a free kick, didn't organise for it, Aberdeen took it quickly, and then um, Claire had to pull back Gallagher to stop breaking through. And as you say, definite red card. Uh, so apart from that, and obviously the brilliance of the free kick that McGinn then hit, um, it was... Hearts probably deserved to win the game. Um, yeah. th- th- I mean, there was one effort for Irvine quite late on that wasn't too far away, but when I did the 10 men, they were always on there, but yeah, it was always going to be far more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so, like you say, Hearts, disappointing in the Derby, they're going into the winter break at least off a back of a decent performance against Aberdeen, but they are five points behind, as you say. Um, but that, I mean, the, for, the, probably the biggest shock of the weekend was the. Uh, the, the, the Hamilton victory because mm-hmm. again I've only seen the highlights of this game but for like it was the proverbial game of two halves because I only saw one end of the pitch because mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them were, had all the chances in the first half and Hamilton had all the chances in the second half mm-hmm. um, terrific goal by Long um, in the bottom corner uh, early on to give Motherwell the lead um, Hamilton had a header it was just wide um, but then um, I haven't heard this name before Moyo I've never heard of him He's, he's played for Hamilton a few times and nothing's really, uh, really worked for him so far, apparently. Mm-hmm. I haven't even heard the name. Um, yeah. But he'd he be certainly all over the highlights of this one. He had a good strike, uh, took a good save for Gillespie, obviously got the, the the winner with the late header. I think he was involved in a knockdown for the, the equaliser as well. Um, so he was, he was everywhere in this game. Um, so yeah, it was, like I say, proverbial game of two halves. Um, there was a bit of fortune for the equaliser because it took the deflection. Um, McGowan's effort, but 
there's no doubt Hamilton for the second half performance certainly deserved to get something out of the game but they deserved to win it mm-hmm. I'm not sure um, but they've got the three points they're just doing what Hamilton seem to do every season yeah. it's like sure this year they're going down and yet picking up points every so often this is a great three points for away to Mullerwell in, in the derby so mm-hmm. it's, it's given us the, the gap away for Hearts so. yeah they're not they're not the sort of team Hamilton who go in like a you know three or four game unbeaten run or anything it, seem, it seems to be they win a game they lose a game um, or they lose um, four or five then they'll, they'll win another game that somebody keeps them up but this is actually a good run for Hamilton because they've won two out of the last three games um, you know, they won the one that they probably weren't expected to win out those three games, which was at Far Park. Um, and as I say, they lost in uh, Boxing Day to St John's, which is the one that they would have targeted the three points from. But mm-hmm. that's a you know terrific result, keeps them um, in line because they're only three points away from Ross County in eighth place, so that keeps everything nice and tight. Because also Ross County and St Johnston drew. Um, they obviously downstairs at St Martin won their game, which will also come into so. But from Hamilton's point of view, to go five points clear of Hearts. It's tremendous, but just going back to Hearts again, no, I've been having a few things on Twitter because it seems as though the majority of Scottish media are not grasping the fact that um, Hearts are relegation contenders, and it happened again yesterday. Michael Stewart um, seemed offended that Jonathan Sutherland thinks that Hearts could go down this season. Michael, they're bottom of the table, they've got 13 points, they're five points behind Hamilton, that is relegation form. Hearts are in a relegation battle. Accept it. Mm-hmm. They will, they're not too good to go down at the moment. They might be come the end of the season, but right now, they're the worst team in the league. Exactly. Until such times as Hearts can turn what little good they saw in the last couple of games into wins, they're in a relegation battle. If they, start, if, if they go in... Uh, at the end of the winter break and start picking up the, the, the three points in a couple of games maybe then we can start turning and saying okay they're going to pull themselves out of it until they do that it's still all just potential mm-hmm. the five points are drift they are favourites to go down right now yeah. I don't know if the bookies agree with that but certainly mm-hmm. it's hard to say anything else five points of drift is a lot at this point in the season they're going to have to try I mean, there is tilts there's plenty of time to make that up but when your heads are down, things aren't going your way. I mean, you just said it. I mean, they picked up a good point against Aberdeen. However, it's a game they maybe should have won on a day that the two teams that were directly above them both won. Mm-hmm. That's things going against you. That's things that get you relegated. Yeah, definitely. And we, remember Hibs, um, you know, they said when Terry Butcher was there that oh, they would be fine, they would be fine. And then all of a sudden yeah. they just went in a run. And they couldn't get out of it. Um, they would have actually finished bottom if Hearts hadn't had the 15 points deducted that season. But they went into the playoff um, and then ended up going down. And I think that was a reality hit. Oh, by the mm. way, they're not too good to go down. And the same could be said to Hearts unless, you know, they start getting their act together. Um, it's got to come from the dressing room. They really need to get rid of those um, those bad smells, uh, Levine and McPhee, out of that club pronto. Because, you know, it seems to me that Levine's just there as a... Um, you know, an, an inflated tour guide um, right now because he's showing stand around the place. Seriously, if Hearts want to move on from the bad that they've had the last couple of years, they need to get rid of um, Craig Levine. You know, none, put, put him in gardening leave. You know, I know it's winter, but I'm sure he'll find something useful to do. Um, and Austin McPhee, you know, they seem to rate him very highly. 
he might well have good coaching um, pedigree, but it's not working for him at Hearts. It's failed under two managers. He wasn't a good interim. So, you know, just cut your losses and let Sten- if you're going to go with um, Stendhal, let him bring in the people he wants. Yeah, yeah I think they've obviously decided that they need to have a sporting director above Stendhal as well. It can't be the man that's in that that role at the moment. It can't be Craig Levine. You've decided it's not him. He's already been in that position when they had um, Cathro. Ian Cathro, yep. And it didn't work. They couldn't get another guy into the point to work under Levine when they got rid of Cathro. So Levine had to do the job himself. And that didn't work. Uh-huh. The Levine stuff is finished. They have to draw a line under that. And as long as he's at the club, that is not going to work. He's just unflushable right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really wanted to say this last week, but I felt bad because Kevin talked like highly of him. <laughs> so, you know what? Kevin knows him better than I do, so I'll bow to his greater knowledge on that one. Yeah. Um, or, what, or was he holding some of it back? Because I, I think, to be fair to Kevin, I listened to him. I thought it was a brilliant podcast, so um, I don't think he's missed me one jot last week. Um, but no, he... He spoke very highly. Um, I think there was a few things he might have wanted to say. I mean, only Kevin can obviously um, correct me in that if I'm wrong in any way. But he's obviously very grateful to Craig for giving him his debut, etc. But he also made the point, um, if you're no, not part of the first team, it's, he's a difficult man to get on with. So, um, yeah, <laughs> well, he might have been... He was all right at Hearts the first time um, before, because that's also how he got his move to Leicester. But... Um, this time yeah. it's just not worked, but um, yeah, I think we should. I, I, th- I think Hearts are becoming a wee bit class. So the statement when Stendhal was appointed finishing above, um, you know, Jack, um, Jack Rossi Sunderland, <laughs> I just thought it was a bit tasteless. Um, I mean, they've done this before with the natural order thing, then ended up 18 points behind Hibs, and then Hibs do a job on them in the derby, and um, it's not even a brilliant Hibs team because they've went, they went and lost to Livingston who've now gone above them in the league. Yep. Um, I think Jack Ross is a good manager and he will do well there, but he needs this January window. But yeah, uh, Livingston are doing very well, to be fair. They're in a good run of form. Yeah, Livingston are a real pain in, in, at home, especially. Um, I don't know if it's a plastic pitch or whatever, but they, they have an air of confidence at home where they feel like they can take on anybody. And they've proved that. I mean, obviously they beat Celtic in the... Um, an error fixture they've, they gave Rangers a run for their money in the cup at home um, as well um, they're, they're, they're picking up the, the, the victories there they're not really conceding goals there either um, the goals they got this time round were a bit farcical to be honest uh, but certainly the first one um, it was I think they gave it to Guthrie but as was what's been pointed out on, on Sunday night there that it wasn't actually, it was Hanlon dragged it over his own line in an effort to try to clear it. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a stramash. Well, it's just got a stramash. Good Scottish yes. word. Um, but yeah, the, the, the second one was well white guided in by Guthrie. Um, and then like, they, were, they were lucky it wasn't three actually because there was one that McGregor had off his own post when Dykes was hanging about waiting. It's one of those ones, if McGregor has to get something on it, he's facing his own goal. It's a horrible position to be in. He just takes a big breath after that one um, that he sees it come back off the post so um, but yeah I was uh, fully deserved Livingston for that victory I don't know what happened between Hibs and the Derby and Hibs in this game but it was like two different teams for what I've seen in the highlights it was just Hibs just did not perform in this game whatsoever Yeah. Um, so Livingston fully deserved it 
yeah, they're they're very um, Jekyll and Hyde just now. And uh, Livingston again, you know, they're punching above um, every, everyone's expectations. I had them to go down this season. Um, I don't think that's happening. I think they'll be fine again, although you never know. But they'll be more pleased to know that um, Kilmarnock made an appointment to the end of the season because um, they were also fearing that Gary Holt might go back to spiritual home. Um, ah. That's not happening. Um, and... I, don't, I really don't get this one. I mean, pardon the pun, um, a dire move. Um, Alex Dyer is a good coach, but to reward a guy for three losses as an interim, it's a really lazy move. Aye, it's, it's, it's very, it's very hedging their bets, and I don't see where Kilmarnock have, have done anything to prove that he's a man for the job either. It's like that's not what you you would expect the interim appointment to be made semi permanent at least at the end of the season if the results have been good. But Kilmarnock haven't scored. Um it's not as if they've I mean obviously they played Rangers in midweek, but they played St Murray at the weekend there and mm-hmm. I, I think Brophy had an effort well saved. Other than that there wasn't really much in this game for Kamarnock at all. Yeah. And that's against against a team that's, that's struggling towards the bottom of the table. Um, I know, some, I mean, St Marin in recent weeks have been picking up decent results, mm-hmm. but they're still a team that aren't really scoring as many goals as they would hope. Um, and even in this game, they had, they had plenty of chances. Um, Dermis was the one that gets a goal. He had another chance. Um, McGuinness had a chance that was, wasn't too far away. Um I think Andrew had a couple of chances as well. Um, is it Marias? He's a bit of a tankier boy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he had a few chances as well. Beaker was there. There was, there was plenty of, I mean, again, all my notes are like some other players in this game. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was, it was fully deserved for St. Martin, but it was always that precarious 1 0. Um, and against a better team, they might have dropped something. Mm-hmm. But against Kilmarnock, there wasn't much offered at all. Um, so, like I say, I've. I've if Dyer's been appointed to the end of the season, as well, it's not enough. He has been appointed to the end of the season. I don't see why. I don't see what he's brought to the. He's, he's been a good assistant under um, Steve Clark, um, and not very less so for Angelo uh, Alessio, but mm-hmm. he's an assistant as far as I can see. I don't think he's the, the man for the job, but he's, yeah. he's, he's now he is now the man for the job. So we need to wait and see what he does. I don't. I think it's a risky one for Kilmarnock. Um yeah. They're a team that's that's in free fall right now. Um, mm-hmm. and they are 10 points clear of Hearts at the moment but if Hearts do fulfil their promise mm-hmm. um, and the other teams like Hamilton and St Mirren and St Johnson and Ross County are all picking up those points as well mm-hmm. that gap comes down very quickly Yeah, 10 points ahead of Hearts you're only 5 against ahead of Hamilton yeah Exactly, and the the biggest problem that Kilmarnock have got, um, we've been highlighting it most of the season, um, they've scored 17 goals in 21 league games. So it's not the defensive problem, because they've only got a minus, minus 7 goal difference. I say only, because I'm reflecting the league position. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not scoring goals, and that's been the biggest problem all season. I mean, I saw that chance that Brophy had against Mullow last week. That was a absolute sitter. Um, they didn't really... I mean, they proved against Rangers that they could be difficult to break down. It's a good basis to build on, but they need to be able to do it at the other end, and they're not they're not doing it at the other end. They've they've just not got the players. Um, they need better recruitment. Um, I think there was enough. Um, they've released Osmond So, who I'll be honest, forgot was there. Um, and 
Yeah, like there was a fit with tweets one saying that um, Fosman so keeps going at his pace, he'll be back um, at Dundee United by April. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're on fire, but no, come on, it's a, it's a worrying, worrying time, and um, I just I don't get that move. It's it just seems cheap and lazy um, from from what I point out from um, the way I see it, but. He could end up proving a lot of his wrong, including Aldo, whose um, first reaction was, we are going down. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it'll be that drastic, but... Um, I don't know. They need to, what, you, you, never, you, you never know. Uh, they, they need to get moving. Um, they need to get... They're definitely heading in the wrong direction at the moment. I mean, of, of the teams in the league at the moment, they are the team that are heading the wrong way. You look like the teams are aimed off there. Ross County aren't doing too great, but they're packing up the points. St Johnson aren't doing too great, but they're packing up points. St Mirren seem to be doing quite well, but aren't scoring much, but it's still getting them points. Hamilton are doing what Hamilton always do. Mm-hmm. Hearts are the other team that are in danger at the moment, but even they are showing some signs of maybe something could change. Where's Kamarnock's? The only positive I've got to come on for this week was they played really well at Ibrox and def- defended really well at Ibrox. I've correct that. And that they never had any chances in this game, really. Um, yeah. But they, they did really well to keep Rangers out. Rangers only go over the game. Rangers are calling for VAR. <laughs> I was wondering when you were getting to that. <laughs> I don't know, but I think Morelos was offside in this one. I know Gordon Sawyer's kept... Um... Ranting about it, um, about the the offside. So I don't. The angles weren't good enough to, to be able to tell. And I, I, obviously, that's going to be one of the issues with VAR. Is going to make sure I need to make sure the angles are all decent. Maybe VAR will actually bring in decent angles for sports. <laughs> it's almost a good reason to bring it in. Um, but no, I, I can't tell for sure. It looks like he might be offside. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly enough doubt in that one. But the flag stood down. Goal stood. Um, he had a couple other chances in that game as well, but it was just the one and that's it took. So, Kamala, they played to frustrate, tried to get a nothing each in this game, almost got there, but not quite. Whether the offside's done them or not, I don't know. Um, certainly, got to give them the benefit of the doubt if I don't know, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's if that's the best that Kamala have got to offer, um, they then went into the St. Marin game and offered nothing. Uh, that's the games they need to be picking up points to stop themselves going in that wrong direction. They need to be going to places like Paisley and picking up a point or three points, not getting beat easily in a game that was 1-0 and could have been more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But St Byrne, again, you know, at home, they're a strong outfit. I think they've only been beaten by Celtic and Rangers um, at their own ground this season. I need to double-check the stats, but no, that's where they're picking up their points and um, it could prove crucial in the season. Um and the other two teams in the bottom half um, that moved a wee bit clearer of Hearts were St Johnson and Ross County because they picked up points um, against each other. A um, couple of notes I picked up from this game. Ian Vigers, lucky to stay in the park um, from a second yellow. Um, so I think the referee yeah. had the advantage and probably forgot about it. And then Vigers ends up going to score the opening goal. And the second one, um, when did the sixth second rule come back in? Or if it was just... <laughs> <laughs> been forgetting about it. <laughs> it's always been there. It's just nobody has seen it for years. Um, I, I can't believe it was given. I think the only time I've seen it is uh, you know on FIFA when you hold hold on to the ball with the goalkeeper and then a wee timer comes up. But even then, it just like the computer automatically kicks the ball for you. <laughs> I can't. I honestly cannot remember the last time I've seen it given. 
Um, I've seen keepers hang on to it for so long as well. Um, so again, where's the consistency? Mm-hmm. This is something we ask about referees all the time. If they're going to start penalising the six second or again, let's do it for let's do it across the board. Mm-hmm. Stop goalkeepers hanging out for so long. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I just couldn't believe that one, but um, yeah. Well, Lassen Johnson now five unbeaten, so they're in a nice little run, which is taking yeah. them out of the bottom two. They're still not clear, obviously, and who knows what yeah, can happen after January, but... They yeah. have one of the best defensive records uh, in the league at the moment. This is despite the fact they get thumped 7-0 at Celtic Park at the start of the season. Right now, they're not conceding goals, they're defending really well. They're also not scoring them really well, though. So, mm-hmm. like St Mirren, they're picking up the points without doing too much to get them uh, going forward. So... Yeah. Again, they all count. I mean, every point is going to be a, a prisoner in, in the league mm-hmm. where it looks of Because you look, I mean, St. Joseph picked up four points across the piece. That's a lot more than most teams picked up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a wee mini battle because um, they've played the three teams around them at the bottom. Uh, sorry, the four teams around them at the bottom. Um, and they've picked up eight points out of 12 because um, they also beat Hearts, beat Hamilton, drew with St Man, drew with Ross County. Ironically, their wins were away from home and their draws were at home. So <laughs> not, if they could do that between now and the end of the season against these teams again, then they'll they'll be okay. But obviously something else could happen later on in the season. You just never know. Yeah, well, I think the other question I've got for this game, was Brian, was it Brian Graham? Uh, Brian Graham. Yeah. Was he sent off for a straight red? No, second that, or was it a second yellow? I couldn't tell for the highlights. Mm-hmm. It was bad enough. It could have been a straight. In fact, the, the two of them could be straight heads to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said it was certainly sent off. I just wasn't sure if it was a, a, a second yellow or if it was just showing a straight red because the, the highlights didn't really make it clear. Um, but if, if it was a second yellow, then I think it's quite lenient now. So because I think it's yeah. the first one less. So I think the first one probably was a booking. The second one for me could, could very well be a straight red. Mm-hmm. Um, so aye, I think there's no doubt he deserves to walk mm-hmm. uh, but aye, aye, again these teams are picking up points where like Kamala could have free fall and Hearts they only got one point out of six but St Justin got four um, I mean even like St Martin they've got three Hamilton have picked up three mm-hmm. yeah well given St Martin one of St Martin's games over the festive period was Celtic Um it's a good them, for them, yeah. pretty decent and, um, and it, it did pretty well in that game as well I mean yeah there was the usual like, I said this years ago St Mirren are the moaniest fans in the league um, they, they, they were mumping and moaning about Celtic second goal on this one thinking Edward was offside now one he was um, there was a defender and a goalkeeper closer to the goal than he was two Edward was in his own half <laughs> so it yeah. couldn't have been any less offside if he tried the one thing I think St. Man fans um, were right to be annoyed at was Bolingoli's um, no pant audition scene. That was no. ridiculous. Um, regardless of who you support, there was just no need for him to go down like that. But um, yeah, I won't mention other incidents from previous weeks. I sent you the tweet about that, which you uh, saw the message about which you covered. Um, but nah, it was the Bolingoli thing was just silly. No need. Ah, I mean, it was shoved. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but why he was doing it in his face? Shut up. Don't care what team it is. Yeah. Um, at least, he, at least he didn't get stretched off like Dida. I will. Aye. Aye. You need to go somewhere to beat that one. Um, 
Aye, but what was going on with Abika Julian in this game? <laughs> just for wrestling at some points. Um, just it was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the other question I had for this one that Sportsing highlighted uh, in midweek Sportsing was there was a challenge by Cook on Brown that last week was a red card because well, like Cosgrove was sent off and okay. um, Porteous was sent off for. Fairly similar challenges, and yet Cook wasn't even booked. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Again, where's the consistency? Um, but it was it was weirdly just uh, quickly mentioned on sports and then move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was one of these games that Celtic dominated the game, scored two goals. Probably they should have had a third because Edward put the ball in it when he was onside. Um, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's not get political. But um, I don't particularly like Douglas Ross. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wrongly flagged it off as offside um, so Edward was I mean that 3-0 would have been fine um, as it was Murren pulled a goal back towards the end of the game but he had a deflection with Ferdinand's free kick uh, which looked over Foster for, for a bit of a bit of a dodgy last few minutes but I don't I think St Murren troubled Celtic again after that so we hung on for the three points and um, that took us into the the derby at the weekend uh, which we will come into yeah, I didn't um, see, see the game, I just saw the, the highlights, um, but for what I was reading on Twitter during it was that it was um, a deserved win for Rangers and what I saw in the highlights was, um, my honest opinion was I think Rangers were um, the better team and um, deserved the win. I know some of the stats came out after the game saying Celtic had the most shots, Celtic had the most corners, but Al McGregor made... One, uh, two saves in the game that I saw. There was the right, the, the penalty for Ryan Christie, obviously, and then the shot from Bolingoli. Other than that, he didn't really have that much to do. But then I don't think yeah, he made many saves that. either. To be fair, no, I, I, the this wasn't the same dominant performance that Rangers had in the League Cup final. Um, I don't think we can go that far because, as you say, Foster didn't have that many saves to make. I think the difference here in this game between that and the League Cup final. The shots that Forster saved were shots that Forster could reach. In this game, Rangers had three, maybe four decent chances in the game. Um, scored two of them because the Kent finish is terrific in off the post. Forster's got no chance. The header from Katic was ultimately as a winner as Katic peels off Julian, runs over to Ayer and Ayer ducks <laughs> instead of jumping with him. Um, and Ayers header again Foster can do nothing about it so that was the difference it's the two the two that went in the back of the net neither of them Foster had any chance whatsoever so I don't think Celtic defended as well in this game as they did in the previous game and certainly Rangers were just a bit more accurate than they had been um, I say they had three or four chances because there was another chance that Morelos had in this game um, but it was laid on a plate for him and somehow he managed to miss again <laughs> El Fluffalo strikes again Um uh, and what, there was one um, where he set up Aribo in the second half as well at 2-1 mm-hmm. uh, and I think he probably pushed it a wee bit too wide and Aribo put it in kind of the side of the net um, instead of having that stake across the face of goal um, I think that was probably the other decent chance they had in the game um, but f- for all the stats say Celtic had more possession Celtic had more shots I think most of that came from the fact that Rangers were defending what they had Yeah. Um, but there was a save for Ball and Golly, um, which was a great save by McGregor at 2-1. And other than that, I don't really remember McGregor having too much, too many saves to make, other than the obvious penalty save. 
it's a good penalty save. I'll give him credit for it, but I think it's a penalty save he should be making. If he guesses right, he's getting it. Yeah. And he did guess it. So um, I don't think it's anywhere near in, in the corner. It's a good height for him. Not a great penalty for Christie's perspective at all. I don't like if those get, short run-ups. Oh, near the hell. If he, like I say, if, he get, if he guessed the wrong way, it was a goal. That's the only thing I can say good about it, but he guessed right, so he definitely saved it. Um, no doubt it was a penalty as well. Um, it was just not often you see the wrestling given in the box, but in this case it was. Um, the interesting thing was just before Rangers' second goal, um, the corner that they got wasn't a corner because it came off a Rangers man, but also should have been a penalty because there was wrestling again. It was fairly <laughs> similar to what happened for the Celtic penalty. Yeah. Um, so my thought on that one was, it's a pity I didn't give the penalty because I'd have fancied my chances of Foster saving the penalty more than I had been able to defend against Katic, clearly. Um, <laughs> that's how bad it was. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the the big controversy in this game was the Celtic goal. Um, now, I will hold my hand up on this one and say that <laughs> when I first seen it, I thought, what's all the complaining about? That's hit his leg. Um, and I do wonder if that's what the referee thought as well, because the hand that it does hit, and I'll play like that, hit his hand, shouldn't have stood. VR would have rolled this one out, definitely. Um, it's, it is close to his leg. So unless you're at the right angle to see that, you're not going to see it and you're going to assume it's hit his leg. The linesman is the wrong side of it. He's the uh, the, the main stand side, and you need to be in the, the the north stand at Celtic yeah. Park to be able to see that. And just that's where the linesman stands. So unless you're the far away linesman, who's probably too far away to see it properly, mm-hmm. you're not going to see it as a linesman. The referee has the right angle to be able to see it, but I think he's blocked by McGregor. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can see Edward properly yeah. for that angle. So yes, it should not have stood, but I can understand why it wasn't ruled out. And I think it's. I don't think it's anything more than that. No, um, I mean, it's not a deliberate error. Um, you know, it's just no. one of these things that can happen. You know, that's what this um, statement seems to be pointing out. Um, I'd I tweeted a, a, about it earlier, which um, no, it was like this decade has been rules reversed. Ten years ago, it was Celtic um, complaining about the decisions um, to the, like the SFA and stuff, and uh, Rangers fans were laughing at it. Now it's Rangers um, that are making the statements, and Celtic um, fans that are laughing. Um, I get told by you and um, my friend Tim about it, <laughs> but <laughs> yep. it's all banter. It's all fine. Um, I can take it and move on. But um, yes, Aberdeen are relevant, um, but no, it's. The VR thing, I mean, we put a poll out about it um, straight after, which, I'm, which is going to last a week. Um, so, uh, 77 votes so far, 73% say no, it shouldn't be implemented. My reasons for not implementing VR just now is one, we don't have the finances to do it. And to look at the um, things that's happening in England just now, if you look at every pundit, etc., all they're saying is that VAR is a complete and utter farce. It's called VARS, rather, um, as yep. much as anything else. Because it's getting um, so pernickety where it's like an armpit here and you're offside. It's just an absolute joke. I mean, I think if they're going to do... It should just be kept to the penalty area. Um, certainly goal link technology I would be all for because that works, that's that's very slick. It's just a tap and watch goal. Um, that would work. Maybe inside the box, all this um, halfway line stuff, um, you know, and it's got to be it's an arm here, and it's the time taken as well. If it's taking English Premier League referees who are full time, 
um, you know, five, six minutes to come up with a decision. How long is it going to take our referees to come up with it? You know, they'll still be making, they'd still be making that decision now. <laughs> and the game was 24 hours ago. Yeah. So, there's a guy who uh, works for ESPN called Dale Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on quite a big sort of spiel on Twitter earlier today about all the problems with VAR, how it might be resolved. It's quite a balanced... I'm not going to go into it all deep here. I've just retweeted it from the SFF Podcast um, Twitter account. So if you want to do it, go to SFF Podcast. You'll see it retweeted there now. You'll know what time this is when we're recording it as well. Um, <laughs> but he, he goes... It's quite a long sort of thread on why it's still a good idea, but it needs to be refined and it needs to be done properly. And He kind of makes suggestions that would fix a lot of the problems. It's not a case of it doesn't work, let's not do it. But from a Scottish perspective, we don't have it right now. What the English are doing is their own thing and it's wrong because they're basically taking the decision away from the referee. Um, I know there's a bit of why does the referee have to run over to the monitor and check it? Because the referee's decision is final for me. So if you're going to continue with the referee's decision is final, he should be the one that goes and checks it. But these like VR in England is just overruling things. And it's doing it in a way that's inconsistent. And people are complaining about armpit offsides and all sorts of things. It's not working right now. It probably will work in a few years' time. They're going to keep refining it. It's going to get better. And in a few years, we're going to think what the first was about. And it will actually have improved the game. But right now we shouldn't be going anywhere near it because at the moment it would be a complete waste of money and would just make things even more controversial than they already are. I would rather have human error deciding things than human error on a technology-based version of decisions that we're currently getting in England. It's just... It's not right. It's ruining the game. They will fix it. I'm Fairly confident they will, um, because there's enough drive and it works in other sports. Yeah. Other sports didn't get it right first, right straight away either. Um, it's been refined and things like tennis and rugby and all sorts of different places. Football will find its niche and find a way to get it to work. At the moment, it's not there. We shouldn't be touching it until it is there. Yeah. Then we can use what little money we do have in our game to yeah. implement it. But right now, no, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, we need to get more money into Scottish football first um, before yeah. we do anything else. Um, and it doesn't help when you're giving Sky a TV deal. Um, but that's another story. But yeah, and we'd, um, we'd lose trial by sports scene as well. Because mm-hmm. there was a couple of things in this, the, 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 this game, a trial by sports scene. For one, um, I think there was an interesting debate as to whether Julian should have been sent off. Uh, because he put in a tackle on Morelos. Um, I didn't get the ball, but... As Michael Stewart pointed out, actually Morelos was the one that stuck his leg out and wrapped it around Julian's leg to make sure he got caught. To me, and to, to his credit, Kevin Clancy also gave the fault to Celtic in this instance. So for him, he looks as if he looks to him as if um, he gives you Michael Stewart and it's Morelos that's committed the fault. So I understand what he was saying. I can also understand why Stephen Thompson, who is a former Rangers player um, and a striker at that, would be backing Morelos in that instance. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite as apoplectic as um, a certain Chris Boyd, another former Rangers player, <laughs> um, who was absolutely raging at halftime because of the, the handball uh, for the Celtic equaliser and was smug as... Uh, I'm not F-bomb John, I'm not going to finish that. Um, mm-hmm. He was very smug at the end of the game. Um, and it was mm-hmm. he, he couldn't wait to trot out men against boys. Um, and as I said earlier, Rangers were the better team. 
Um, mm-hmm. But this was nowhere near as dominant as the, the League Cup final. No. Uh, they've obviously picked up the three points. They deserve the three points, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was. I don't. Th- I don't think men against boys was fair. Um, I don't know why people keep using this men against uh, boys phrase. I mean, a lot of times it comes back to to haunt them. And uh, you know, I think Celtic will be using this as um, you no know, a driving driving force well, for this season, or they should do, because. Um, but I think. I mean, people are also making comparisons last season, and the gap. And I think what it tells you with, with the gaps closed this time last year, Celtic and Rangers were level on points. Celtic are actually ten points better off, um, mm-hmm. but Rangers are eight points better off. The difference is, well, this time last year, Celtic had the game in hand. This time, this year, Rangers have the game in hand. It's a yep. bit of a different, bit dynamic. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And Rangers, to, to their credit, recently, um, we talked about the tough schedule that they had coming up. Um, they've they've went Aberdeen. Probably should, should have had the game out of sight after 40 minutes, um, and then we got a point. That's the only points they've dropped. Um, they've dropped in this little run. They've mm-hmm. went to Hibs and won. They went to Motherwell and won, and then they went to Parkhead and won. No, you've got to give full credit to come away with uh, 10 points from that possible 12 out of that little round of fixtures. Um, I, I think, well, this is going to be a bold statement. I think Rangers are favourites for the title now. I think the next round of fixtures that comes between between before the two play again in March. Rangers have the easier fixtures. There's a big chunk of them at home. Um, and I don't see where they drop any points. And I think that this is the problem this season. Every single point that's dropped by the Celtic Rangers this season is a complete disaster because, <laughs> with all due respect, the rest of the league aren't good enough. You're right. They're, they're all taking points off each other and not taking much off Celtic Rangers at all. You're, you're, you're pointing at this, the, the single games here and there where they've dropped points, like you say, like Aberdeen took points off Rangers and then uh, obviously Livingston beat Celtic and Celtic dropped points to Hibs and then the Celtic Rangers have obviously taken points off each other, so that's now cancelled out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we are down to the fact that Rangers have drawn a game and lost a game away from these and Celtic have, sorry, Celtic have lost a game and drawn a game and Rangers have drawn two games and that's why there's now this there's a two-point gap, but Rangers, if they win their game in hand, as you would expect, will be a point ahead. Yeah. And so I think at the moment, as things stand, Rangers are favourite for the title. And I say that not just because they've got the easier run of games between now and the next time the two teams play, but I also say that because if this had been a one-off and Celtic had gone into this game and, and hadn't been... They'd been outplayed by Rangers, and fair enough. But this happened three weeks ago. Rangers actually outplayed Celtic even more in that game than they did in the, the, the game at Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. Celtic didn't learn any lessons from that. They, even like the, the, the bizarre thing was the fact that we then, for like the last three weeks, have seen in Cham pushing players out of place to get him into the team. I thought he was doing that because that because he knew the Rangers game was coming up at the end of the month. Because that was the way, and Cham was going to be in there to make sure that Celtic were more in control of the midfield in the, game, in the league game than they had been in the League Cup game. But as soon as they came back around again, they dropped him and put Mikey Johnson there. Mm-hmm. So we gave away the midfield again. Yeah, It didn't work. Now, I've, 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 Rangers deserve credit for being able to close down in, in, in a number of areas of the park and they won all their individual battles. But I, there, there has to be a point that, yes, you accept that Rangers did well, but you all have to have to look at what Celtic didn't do well. They didn't learn their lessons. They didn't improve. They People were saying, no, they can't play as badly. Well, okay, they probably didn't play as badly as they did in the League Cup final, but it wasn't much better. Mm-hmm. It needed to be much better, and it wasn't. 
So that's two games in a row now they've failed to do it. If you really add up all the games that we've had against Rangers in recent, like the last season and a half now, it's a case that Rangers have outplayed Celtic more than Celtic have outplayed Rangers. Yeah. There's only two games between the two left. If you look at the two teams and which of them are more likely to drop points against the, the rest of the league, you're looking at Celtic more than Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think Rangers are favourites for the title right now. That may all change in January. I don't know what's going to happen when the January transfer window opens. I don't know how the run of the next run of fixtures is actually going to play out. I'm guessing at how the form's going to be. I think probably Celtic Rangers will win most of their games, as you'd expect. But I do think Rangers have got easier fixtures. Yeah. You've also and the, got, next, the next game between the two is at Ibrox. Yeah. You've also got to factor in um, the fact that both sides are um, still in Europe, which we haven't said for a while. I think this season just seems to be like 2002-2003, where it is coming down to a little, little sort of thing. In 2003, it was Celtic losing the Hearts, as we discussed before, and then it went to goal difference. But you look at things right now, Celtic and Rangers have got the same goal difference of 42. Obviously, Celtic at 52 points, Rangers 50 with that game in hand. Then the next best goal difference team is Motherwell with a plus six. Yeah. And Motherworth are 15 points behind Celtic, and then Aberdeen's got a plus four um, and are on 36 points. You know, it's a, the gap's as big um, now as it was in 2002-2003, and I get from the media point of view, it's great um, to see this title race, and as a, as a neutral, it's good to see a proper title race right now, but for the rest of point of view, and as an Aberdeen fan, um, it's not great reading seeing that we've actually gone further back from Celtic Rangers and what we did a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, we're probably one of the strongest sides because Hibs aren't as strong, Hearts aren't as strong as we've discussed, and the rest of the league um, just isn't up to it either. Um, Motherwell are, are the most improved side in the league. I think that's without question. Livingston have done what they've been doing. Commanders on the slide. Ross County obviously came up. And the other, f- the bottom four, is just much of a muchness, really. The, the thing that always bothered me about the likes of like 2002 and 03 and it's happening again now. The problem was never, oh, look at Celtic and Rangers. They've got so much bigger budget than the rest of the league put together. We can't compete with them. That only counts for the games against Celtic and Rangers. The problem we've got at the moment is everybody from 3rd to 12th is taking points off each other. Yeah. Whereas Celtic and Rangers are just beating them all. Mm-hmm. There's no, the, the, you could make an argument for if Aberdeen have got the third biggest budget in the league, they should be able to beat 4th to 12th. Mm-hmm. More often than not. They're, they have been doing it in previous years. It's why Aberdeen have been setting their record points total in the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. It's not happening this season. Everybody's taking points off everybody else. Yeah, That's where they're losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aye. It's, it's all, it all comes out. I mean, it's not... It's easy to sit and blame Celtic Rangers from the biggest finances, but other teams have got to do better with theirs. And um, we've also discussed Aberdeen still football being a big part of why we've gone backwards this season. But, mm. um, but yeah, I mean it's certainly intriguing at the top. Um, a couple of points to note at the weekend. Um, for more off, more off the field. Oh, than anything else? There's one thing we haven't mentioned before the end of this. Mm-hmm. We haven't mentioned Morelos getting himself stupidly sent off again. Yeah, it's coming on to that. Yeah, um, which is like. For me, Kevin Clyde was slightly lenient on him because there was a foul early in the game where he basically jumped over the top of Brown. That itself could have been a booking and he got away with it. Now, I'll give Kevin Clancy the benefit of the doubt with that one. Some referees will be a bit more lenient in these derbies to try and manage it. Fair enough. So I don't think it was that bad. Probably should have been a booking, but if you're not going to book him and you're doing it for both sides, if that's the way you're managing the game, okay. Um, He did give a foul 
and a booking against Morelos for an awful on Brown right on the game. And then Morelos, in the 94th minute of the game, decides to take a dive in a game that's 2-1. The clock's pretty much run down. Why? Oh, why are you bothering with that? And the only thing I can think of is we're still in his head because he's missed the chance earlier in the game and he thinks, if I dive now, I've got a chance to win a penalty. Mm-hmm. I'll take the penalty and I'll finally get my goal against Celtic on a day that we're going to win anyway. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. not, he's, not, he's not a team player at that point. So when he gets his second yellow card rightly for the dive mm-hmm. and gets himself sent off and he's walking off the park giving the, the, the throat-cutting um, gesture, which a lot of people are outraged about, but I'm going to back him up here and say, he's just saying that game's over, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that is. It's not a threatening behaviour or anything like that. It's just, no. This game's done. It doesn't matter that I've been sent. Yeah. I, well, I don't see any issue with it personally. Because you were suspended for the next league game. Um, it didn't matter last time because Hibs just gave you the, the goals mm-hmm. um, when Defoe was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it turns out that Rangers go into their first game after the winter break and he's suspended and they, they drop points because of that, then that was a dumb move, wasn't that, Alfredo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all assuming he doesn't get sold in the, the, the giant transfer window because they always mm-hmm. seem quite tent and punting him for however much he's worth. Um, but I, it's it was stupid of him to do that, and it's yet yeah. another thing that we now point at and go, ah, you've got more red cards in these games than you have goals, because Roger and Edward's hand has more goals in these games than you do. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a bit silly of him. Um, a, a lot of Celtic fans are um, having a go at um, Stephen Gerrard celebrating at the end of the game. Personally, oh. again, I don't see. An issue with it. He's obviously relieved and delighted. He's, it's a big derby, and it's it's a statement one from Rangers. Um, it's not, you know, some are saying he's celebrating as if he's won the league. No, he's not. There's a big difference. Well, Stephen Jared doesn't know what it's like to celebrate when win the league title. Just started getting that, but it could well happen this season. But no, it's, at the end of the day, it's a derby. You know, we've seen Lennon, no. Run the length of pitch um, whenever his teams won. Um, in fact, we've seen Lennon do an airplane celebration at an end of season five five game. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, yeah, exactly. But nah, it's you know, if it happens for your, t- if it ha- if it happens for your team, you know, it's a case of um, who cares? We're just celebrating. If it happens against your team, oh, it's over celebrating. Get a grip. You've just went out and beat your rivals in a game for effectively top spot in the league at the midway point because again they might be two points behind but they have the game in hand um, it's now completely in Rangers hands to take that top spot off Celtic it hadn't been previously there's also the fact that Rangers fans haven't been able to celebrate a win at Celtic Park since the start of the decade they haven't won at Celtic they haven't seen Rangers a Rangers team win at Celtic Park since 2010 Yeah. so I think from that perspective Rangers Everybody, to a man, had every right to celebrate as much mm-hmm. as they did, including Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard's a passionate man. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect it as less. Yeah. Um, so, especially given the hurt it would have been three weeks ago when they lost the League Cup final, given mm-hmm. the level of performance they had in that game. Yeah. Um, so, there's an element of relief in there as well, um, mm-hmm. as well as the delight. So, I, I think it's, it's, it's fair enough for them to celebrate. Like that. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I've had, I'm, like, the, mm-hmm. There's a few things cutting about in the moment they're moping the moment about Kent's celebration with the pistols as well I mean they're a sharpshooter with that accuracy 
Yeah, you say, I'll bet you're past those. Go ahead, have a fun. Aye. Sure, we haven't, yeah. <laughs> uh, happy Gilmore reference. Yeah. Aye, I don't see any issue with the celebrations. It's not as if he's indicating he's going to shoot somebody. <laughs> I mean, I think well, this is the PC world we live in, to be fair. Aye. Exactly. Um, I've no real interest in it. So they, they, they fully deserve to win. They fully deserve to be as happy as they are. Yeah. And. I have no problem with any of it. I have yeah. a problem with it myself, deep point, but yeah. that's, that's football related. There's no offence to be taken there. Yeah, the only um, the only um, sighting that happened really at the end of this game was um, was it nothing to do with Celtic or Rangers. It was actual Cove Rangers um, because they decided to um, not renew Fraser's contract because of his um, celebration uh, or his um, his gesture to Celtic fans. As Craig, um, director of podcasting, pointed out, it's a bit of a non-story, really, because his contract was coming to an end. He probably made the decision anyway, um, or both, um, that he wasn't going to stay on at Cove. It was just a short-term thing. It's just coincidence. Cove Rangers are also using this to plead the moral high ground over it. Um, but would they have done that um, had Fraser been on a contract at the end of the season? Probably not. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if another of their players is spotted and he's got a year's contract and know what they do with that one, but a bit of a nice story, as I say. If, if it's the gesture I've read, then it's not even that bad. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, I didn't know he was into gold blend. Coffee beans. Dear me, I Cove uh, made sure they stayed top of the League 2. Um, yeah, because in between, in between the two Premiership uh, fixtures, we had... Well, we had Friday night with the Dundee Derby, and then um, we had the, the the games at the the weekend on Saturday. As you say, two 0 win for Cove Rangers. Um, again, Edinburgh City keeping pace, also a two 0 win against Cowden Beast. So, so um, as you were at the top of the league too. Yeah, breaking City stay bottom because they drew now now with Albion Rovers. Um, Albion Rovers are four games unbeaten. And Kevin Harper was tweeting about that, um, and they've got a game in hand, so they're doing okay. Um, and a tweet from the podcast game of the weekend. Um, Ken Beath lost to Edinburgh City, as we mentioned, but um, the good thing about that game is that David Cox um, was back playing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, the, the abuse he's been getting was disgusting. Um, so I'm glad he hasn't given in, and I'm glad he's back playing, and I hope he plays for some time to come. Yeah, definitely. League One, there was a lot of um, entertainment, um, a lot of goals, um, especially through Fifeway. Yep. Um, it wasn't four for unfortunately, but um, <laughs> cause everybody's dying for that schooling. <laughs> yeah, four for were involved in a high scoring uh, game, yeah, for, to be fair. Yeah, they lost uh, three to Colton uh, Montrose. Um, but I used five points to go um, a few goals better than that. It wasn't five three to the yeah. Um So yeah, it was, it was an interesting time in League One. Um, the top of the table clashed between Airdrie and um, Falkirk. Uh, it was a one each draw, so actually that helped the Rovers eke out a bit of a gap between themselves and, and the Airdrie. So it's just, and then um, obviously he's Pfeiffer up there as well. So I saw him very, very exciting at the top of the league one. Yeah, when I just. Just... So, and yeah. then when the Barton not that far behind them either. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's interesting though. Yeah, the three points are in the top four. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, the 35 points for the Rovers and 28 points for them Barton. Seven point gap. There's a seven point gap between Forfar and Stranar between ninth and tenth. Yeah. <laughs> Stranar looking pretty doomed in that division at the moment. Yeah. Um, P- 
Peter Head jumped above Clyde. Um, Clyde could be losing goodwill. I've heard rumours that he's supposed to be going to Falkirk. Um, that would be a, um, right. a blow to them because Clyde's the... Um, <coughs> yeah, Clyde have been relying a lot on uh, goodwill. But for Peter Head, um, Scott Brown, who was only the, the guest earlier in the year, he scored the second goal. Um, although I see um, Cy Ferry get, get sent off in the last minute. <laughs> um, but I don't think he'll be too bothered um, because obviously he sold out He's got Hydro, his podcast. So right. I think he's making his money elsewhere. But um, so I'm sure he got over that red card with that early Christmas present, with the fact that um, his podcast sold it. So I hope they've got hope they've um, they're looking for support acts. <laughs> what do you think other podcasts can get involved? <laughs> Maybe if we mention, oh, it, they you, might. Know, you know, what, but the one that's from BBC. Ah, we know. Wouldn't that, be us. No, we're those jambos. Hi. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> I want a telly program. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. If anybody's listening to this be I don't want a telly program. I don't have time. <laughs> don't have time. I'm sure if someone fl- um, flashed the cash in front of you, you would make time. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell Yeah. It's not about fame, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah. In the championship you mentioned, Dundee United, um, although they dropped points, still extended their lead. Um, yes. Just give them the title the now. Shot result, yeah, pretty much. They're about 14 points clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's done. Um, aye, it's... Uh, the, the shock result was Inverness losing to Arbroath at home. Because mm-hmm. um, Inverness's home form's been pretty good. But I know Arbroath have maybe slapped a wee bit since earlier in the season, but they're still picking up these decent results. Mm-hmm. Um there's still enough ahead of um, second bottom Morton. Aye, um, I mean they're, they're six ahead of Morton and, and eight ahead of Alwa, so it's they're not safe, but they're certainly picking up the results that would maybe do them a bit of good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're what a win at so it, it was really good. Um, and then but Air United wasn't equal in the South as well. Um, I actually meant that although the two Dundee teams dropped points, teams around them dropped more. So uh, they're looking a bit more secure there, and Dunfermline also lost to Alwa, so um, even this place fell away there. So you've got um, Dundee United, as you say, 14 points clear of Inverness, but Inverness in 32, Dundee 29, Air United 28, and then Dunfermline, Queen of South, and both all in 25. So it's still exciting there in, in the, the, the the playoff spots, at least, because there's, yeah. three, there's three teams, six in the top there. There's only mm-hmm. seven points separating them. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's all um, edging away from the the bottom. They managed to get themselves above Morton. Their away form seems to be the thing that's keeping them um, away because I've I've looked at the home and away table. Partick this will actually have the second best away record in the league um, with 14 points out of possible 10 10 games. Um, The problem is they've got the worst home records because they've picked up 7 points in 9 games. Um, But the but Morton have the worst away record because like, they've only won one game out of nine matches and that's all their away points uh, which is why they're sitting bottom um, just now but um, yeah a big win for part of this especially after tragic events on uh, Friday night when news emerged that um, Colm Weir who recently purchased um, ownership of the club um, passed away after a short illness so the thoughts first and foremost go out to the Weir family um, there's also going to be speculation to what happens to part of this now because he was supposed to be giving ownership to the yeah. fans um, afterwards. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I just hope I don't think that's all. No, I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I think because um, Jerry Britton, who's the chief executive of this, was saying um, 
obviously save the club and um, they're looking to build on his legacy. But even he's saying it's too early to comment on what impact this will have on his investment. Um, so we don't know the circumstances around um, Colin's death, so I wouldn't want to speculate on that. But you would hope that, given that we've won 161 million quid in the Euro millions, he's sorted out his will at some point. Mm-hmm. Given what he's done for Thistle, I wouldn't be surprised if there are things in place to make sure that yeah. the investment still happens and they can still it's still going to end up in the hands of the, the fans. Um, I would guess, given that this was all planned to be done by March, it wasn't expected that Colin was going to have passed away by this point in time. Um, they would have hoped that was all done and dusted before then. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here that maybe he knew this time was, was coming to an end, but I don't know. Um, if he if he knew that and he was putting things in place to make sure that was that was all going through, then hopefully that will still happen and his wishes are, are met. Um, but it remains to be seen. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, as I say, the main thing, um, you know, the thoughts obviously go out to his family first and foremost. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that have got to obviously pick up um, the pieces. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, Partick Thistle will be sorted out something because they've had a bit of a traumatic 2019. You know, they were battling relegation. Um, Gary Colwell was um, backed in the summer, didn't go off to a good start. He got his jotters. Um, and it's just then there was the uncertainty over takeover because there was another takeover that fell through because we'd actually walked away at one point um, mm-hmm. with yeah. his funding because he wasn't happy with what was going on and then obviously he put a plan in place to, to buy the club with view to giving it to the fans so um, yeah hopefully they um, get themselves sorted out um, but as I say first and foremost um, there's lots of with Colmier's family Absolutely Yeah that was uh, very sad news. Um, obviously, there was a, a minute's applause um, mm-hmm. that was passing at the game and, uh, against Morton at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, uh, very sad news. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder when um, BBC Scotland are going to start picking up their Friday night games again, because again, it's not happening this weekend, and you'd have thought this would be the weekend for them to try and pick up. Yeah. Again, um, yeah, th- this would have been an obvious one given that they were now into the, the winter break for the, the top flight, but um, everything's three o'clock and, mm-hmm. on Saturday, so yeah, yeah, and it'll be yeah. open all night stuff and sports end at best. Um, yeah, and this, just, there's nothing next Friday either, so oh, for goodness sake, um, I, I, do you know, I, the BBC contract annoys me because you know it's good that they're showing Friday night football, um. You know, I know this contract's limited to 19 games and they're probably waiting for like, the summary months, so to speak, although last season a game got called off on a Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think they've extended, we spoke about it before, they, ex- they extended sports scene um, to an hour 15 minutes. It's still five minutes a game, but it's eight minutes on average um, analysis. Yeah. And as much as I, I respect Stuart and Thompson as... Um, as pundits, I would rather see some more football. They could put another five minutes in to show just a brief highlight, just brief roundup of the championship fixtures. That's surely, yeah. surely they can stretch to that. But yeah. there's a lot of things um, BBC Scotland are doing wrong. Even even if it was like you know how today, like in the, when you get like Scottish Cup weekend, 
in the, uh-huh. in the fourth round. And they they show a few highlights of games, and then they'll do a round up of goals. Yeah. See, even if they did that at the end of sports scene, that would be so much better. Just mm-hmm. show all the goals for the championship. Yeah. In like a couple of minute package mm-hmm. at the end of the sports scene, and we'll all be happy. I would take that. That'd be better. Yeah. As I say, I think their their coverage has been. I think I think their coverage has um, gone downhill this season, and then they've obviously still got the um, the petty behaviour with Rangers, um, and I'm obviously not saying that Rangers are perfect in this either. But this whole, um, you know, after the what what um, BBC Scotland should have been doing um, for that last Rangers game when they were pulling young boys to burn, instead of rounding off a dead rubber Celtic close game um, for two hours, they could have actually got um, you know drop the petty lip and go and speak to Rangers and just get something at the games. Surely the likes of Tom English can go to the go to the game and report on it. I mean, oh it's... no, they, they, they hate Tom English. They hate most of the BBC, to be honest. Um, yeah. And obviously it's all started because of the Chris McLaughlin stuff. Um, but I don't think Tom English is any more welcome either. Aye. Um, but I, it's, I get where BBC are coming from with that, but I still don't understand why the SPFL and even UEFA, what? surely broadcasters, like, have to be put in their place with the, the governing bodies. Yeah. The government with Young Boys is a perfect example. Why has it not been covered? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pathetic. And as I say, Rangers aren't um, angels in this. I mean, the, the statement that Stuart Robinson put out at the start of the year wasn't um, particularly glorifying. Um, but he also did say that you know, BBC were welcome, they're just choosing not to. Um, yeah, but... because ultimately, BBC are right at what they say, and that Rangers shouldn't be dictating who is it gets sent mm-hmm. to the report on it. Um, the BBC stand should be the same every time. We're sending Chris McLaughlin. We're sending Chris McLaughlin. We're sending Chris McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. And then it's Rangers that are the problem, not BBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just pathetic. Maybe that's something that will sort out um, in 2020, but we'll wait and see. Um, well, how long has it been running now? Four years, at least. Maybe five. Yeah, it's been running for far too long. And nobody seems to be stepping in to deal with it. Like I say, this is where the SPFL should be stepping in to, I don't know, mediate. Find, find the BBC for breach of contract or something. Mm-hmm. I know. That's a good way for getting money, more money in Scottish football. Just find the BBC. <laughs> That's a good myth. Yeah. So yeah, um, that can that concludes 2019 for Scottish football. Um, and just the. To... I suppose there is one other, but. Well, Scottish-related news that uh, happened this week. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about uh, Craig Levine hanging around with a bad smell and how he's such a nice guy. You're going. He's, he's such a loser because he's never won a trophy. <laughs> See, David Moyes got a new job or he got an old job back, technically. Um, what are West Ham thinking? You were rubbish with West Ham the first time. That's why you brought in Pellegrini. Pellegrini's obviously going to work out so you went back to Moyes. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a weird one. Um, it really is a a, a weird move, you know, because Moises has been out of touch since he left Everton, unfortunately. Um, I don't get. I, I don't see what other people see in that guy at all. I mean, I've been criticised for even criticising his time at Everton because even there, I think he underachieved. Um, and his, his absolute top watermark yeah. was getting Everton into Champions League qualifying he didn't even make the Champions League now mm-hmm. credit he did meet a Villarreal team that went on to be brilliant in the Champions League um, but he, has never, he never got anywhere there after that never won a trophy at Everton 
One um, finally reached. Exactly. He never won it though. Uh, he, he, he picked up from the mess that Walter Smith left him. So he stopped him getting relegated, which is probably why West Ham are looking at us going, oh, maybe he can stop us getting relegated. Yeah. Um, but he went to Man United. He was only hiding or nothing, to be honest, following Sir Alex Ferguson, but um, it was pretty bad anyway. Um, and he's done nothing since. I, don't, I just don't get it why people rate him. I remember... Yeah, I remember ten years ago, you know, Celtic um, fans were saying maybe we, maybe we should get um, try and make an approach with David Moyes. Obviously, then signed a new brand new contract with Everton, which dwarfed what Celtic could offer. Um, I wasn't saying that. But but nowadays, more and more, in fact, it got to the point in twenty nineteen when both Celtic and Scotland were looking for um, for managers. Both sets of fans unanimously says we don't want Moyes. <laughs> So maybe, maybe more and more people are coming in. Mammy is thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've obviously done some things in Twitter because we're um, we're do, we're going to be doing a decade review um, very soon. Um, but let's have a quick twi- cap of twenty nineteen. Um, the two of us. So, what was your favourite moment from this calendar year? Um. I'm not sure because was it the Scottish Cup win? Yeah, there was obviously finally winning three Scottish Cups in a row, which was something that had bothered me since as long as I can remember, like a football. Um, because a certain Aberdeen stopped us doing it last time. <laughs> you mentioned that probably as much as me and John do combined. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we finally managed that, that and we've done the, the, the what has become the holy trinity of trebles um, there was obviously achieving 10 in a row not the 10 in a row that Celtic fans have been singing about but certainly the 10 trophies in a row um, but actually I think possibly the biggest achievement that Celtic have made this calendar year was winning in Italy for the first time the victory over the Lazio yeah. I think that that the, and everybody loves a late winner as well um, so the fact it came because it was a game where if we'd got away with a draw we'd have been delighted with it anyway um, but it got better and I'm, I'm going to start quoting Rory Hamilton if I'm not careful here <laughs> um, because it, it, like, the, the finish from Encham as well is just sublime to lift it over the goalkeeper in the minute he did um, it was it was a superb moment um, and like I say there's the, the better teams or better Celtic teams have gone on to do bigger and better things couldn't win in Italy um, so and I mean credit to, to this Celtic team though that's not a rubbish Lazio team yeah. um, th- that's a Lazio team that were desperate to make amends for the the defeat they had at Celtic Park a couple of weeks previous it's a Lazio team that I must admit, I've not kept up as much as I have but the last I checked they were sitting third in Serie A um, they they are beating teams that are famous. Actually. They think they won the the Super Cup against Juventus a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's a there's, good Lazio team. There's, there's, six, there's six points when Inter and Juve <laughs> weigh a game in hand. And the, the best form in the league. 
because the form's just 5 wins on the UFC website. Mm-hmm. That's a really good team, Celtic beat in Italy. And like I say it was the first ever one in Italy. I, do you, but I, the podcast before that, I was saying, Celtic have never won in Italy, it's not going to happen this time. Um, but it did. So for me, that was the that was the moment for 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I've not had too many as an Aberdeen or Scotland fan, to be fair, in 2019, but probably the one that stands out the most um, was was when Ibrox in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal um, for a few reasons because um, the the home game we should have won um, that was probably the the one game um, that we dominated the most against Rangers um, throughout the 2018-19 season and we should have we should have beat them that day it was so frustrating and I remember and then a couple of days later I saw Stephen Smith former Rangers and for a little bit Aberdeen left back came out and said that Aberdeen had blown their chance and I just thought. I think we're going to do this now and then. We went to Ibrox and done a really good job in them winning 2-0. Um, unfortunately, um, we didn't go further on the cup because we lost the semi-final with poor performance, but that was probably the standout from our, our perspective was going to Ibrox and winning after so much, after wasting the first opportunity. That was a sweet moment. But there's not been too many other than that. To be fair. <laughs> it's been a frustrating one for Aberdeen fans, but it's yeah. been quite relatively consistent we were fourth in the league um no europe didn't go as well as we'd have liked um we went out of the league cup to hearts um went out of the scottish cup again to celtic so so that was probably the, the big moment for us um no, yeah i'd completely forgotten about scotland even taking part in 2019 to be honest well they're my the Celtic semi-final um, was up there for my, my personal worst moment, um, but probably when it trumps it was Kazakhstan, because the performance was just so appalling. Um, in fact, Kazakhstan probably got away thinking they should win by four or five. We were just got were that bad that night, um, uh, and I felt for Alec McLeish. I mean, he shouldn't have been back in the job, etc. No. But I did feel from him from the fact that you know he's a former Aberdeen player, from an idol of mine, etc. Um, and you could tell the man was suffering. Um, and you know the SFA should never have brought him back, and they had no choice but to get rid of him. So yeah, I think sure. I, it was the right decision to get rid of him. It was the wrong decision to bring him back in the first place. I think you're, you're yeah. totally right, and I find it hard to disagree with that one being the, the worst moment. Um, the, the defeat we had to Cluj, which uh, ended our Champions League uh, aspirations for this season, was pretty low as well. Um, but. I think again, country, yeah, club of our country, unfortunately, because for me the whole point was to be Brendan Rodgers left. Mm-hmm. Um, for for a man, <clears throat> for a man that had done so much for Celtic and would obviously won the double treble uh, under his stewardship and the invincible treble in the first season was amazing and um, a few hidings in Europe, unfortunately. But this this was a man who built a amazing legacy well he'll still go down in history as the man that delivered the invincible treble that will never be taken away from him um, and what, the back to back trebles was never done he's set so many records um, as well as the unfortunate ones like biggest home defeat and biggest away defeat in Europe um, but for him to go in the manner that he went completely sullied all of that and it, even now it's left a bad taste in the mouth um, I don't know if that will get better over time. Um, it's been, I mean, that was a March or something, mm-hmm. um, but it's 
it was massively disappointing that it happened and the way it did. I, if he'd hung about until the end of the season, even, and, and went somewhere else, fair enough, I think it would have been a bit more acceptable, but he, he left us at such a crucial point in the time. Um, yeah. And credit to Neil Lennon for coming in and, and picking up the reins as quickly as he did. But, I mean, he was in the job a day, we had to go to Tynecastle at one point, mm-hmm. and we won. Um, and that, that obviously kicked on to, to win the, the eighth title in a row, but it was just it was a, just, it was a very difficult week <laughs> and it was with the Scottish Cup um, game against Hibs later that week as well so it was a massive week for him to do it and just and then rip out as much of the backroom staff as he did as well um, so I mean credit to John Kennedy for hanging about <laughs> he was the only one um, yeah. and Stevie Woods goalkeeping coach so aye um, it was that, that, that was probably the biggest disappointment mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember at the time, you know, because um, um, quite a few people in my work were Celtic fans, and honestly, that day reminded me of the day that, um, you know, managers in our work were getting laid off a couple of years earlier. It was honestly the atmosphere was that bad yeah. that day. Um, and I remember we were talking about the podcast the night before when Leicester were making the approach, and, you know, we made the suggestion that there's not. He wasn't going to get a, a top six job at this this rate, but um, Leicester were probably about as good as he could get offered. But um, for it to happen the way it did and so quickly, um, yeah, was probably the biggest surprise. Um, but maybe one day um, you'll forgive him. Um, I hope so because, like I say, the, there's such a legacy left there, um, and he is part of the the eight in a row winning like, the three managers that have helped get Celtic to this point and. Obviously, I still hope it's going to continue. Um, but certainly, I mean, eight in a row is the second biggest amount we've ever won um, behind, behind Steen's nine. It's ahead of maybe six. So um, it's, 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 a, it's a historic period in, in Celtic's history and uh, in, in Scottish football history. And he's been a major part of that. So I don't want to remember him in a bad way. But at the moment, it's still... I mean, you see it in Twitter all the time, people referring to him as a rat. It's just, it's, I understand it all, and I kind of feel the same way, but mm-hmm. also kind of, it's a bit sickening, to be honest. Yeah, nah, I understand that. Um, but yeah, 2019, we've um, had more guests on um, than we've had for a few years. Um, which yeah, is good, I mean, so. for, the, for the podcast, I think the... the, 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 the it's more credit to you to be honest than anybody else because I know nobody um, but uh, the the interviews that we've had in, uh, certainly this season particularly has been has been great um, and we'll, I mean, I'll, I'll tease it a wee bit we hopefully have one again next week um, which should be a good one um, mm-hmm. but yeah um, the likes of uh, Aaron um, he was <laughs> I want to use the word devastating the 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 honesty that we got from the first time he was on, um, and he's obviously been on since, and he's a great guy. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted that he, 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 everything's working out for him now. Um, he's obviously still reading. You need to follow his Twitter account, um, and, and you'll see that he has bad days as well as good days, um, as we all do. Um, mm-hmm. But he's honest about it, and he's he, he has. He has the methods to handle it now, which I don't think he had before, and that's encouraging to see. And I think yeah. um, the the help he got at the time and the help he's continuing to get um, is, is certainly doing things. And he's obviously trying to help other people as well. He's got his, his venture. Um, well, it's a Rook and Glen at the moment, and the is um, the, the the football kind of because I give a fives basically. And then there's another yeah. chat 
Um, but I think he's looking to expand that to other places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I mean, I hope, I hope it takes off for him, and, and I think it's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I mean, even even last week, I thought uh, Kevin was just amazing. That was a, a, a terrific interview. Um, great guy to chat to, mm-hmm. uh, and he's, he's welcome to come back on. And but yeah, like I say, it's, um, I think a lot of the credit has to go to you um, for, for <laughs> these these days. It's a team. I, it's a team effort, Chris. No, and, and it yeah, was John that got Kevin on. To be fair, so no, it's it's a team effort. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all work well together. Um, you know, I'm just fortunate, you know, that I can just ask the questions, and some people say yeah, because um, and yeah, and no, we're happy to everyone that comes on, and you know, when we do have them on, the three of us um, or whoever just isn't afraid to ask the questions, and the guests have been very. Um, very good, very open, very honest, which is yeah. what we like. And at times, you know, there's been a few times they've been up for the banter as well, which has been great. And I mean, uh, I love John's honesty after a couple of weeks ago. Like, like obviously, um, John Connolly, the uh, Falters United manager, yeah. was, his honesty with the Fox stuff was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, 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 mean, I mean, it was disappointing that I had to go play that cup game, but then they won it. So, yeah. Hooray. Justice aye, was exactly. uh, uh, aye, it's, 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 it's been really good and, I'm, and like I say, hopefully if, if next week's um, interview comes off that should be a good one as well Yeah, um, we'll, we'll keep that under wraps Not saying too much more than that but um, it would be a good one Yeah, yeah, it will be a good one I think um, and the person we're speaking to is um, very very much up for it it's been one we've been trying to get for a while so yeah, this will be worth the wait I promise um, The other thing that we're looking forward to in 2020 is obviously the um, the Aberdeen Celtic um, Legends game. Um, we'll start rolling out the names from 2020 onwards. Um, yes. So, you know, it's... And we've also started um, a few group chats to try and get other people involved. Um, so we'll try and get the names rolled out as quickly as we can and um, then and you and John um, can go on with some work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've hold my hand up, but it's not just the interviews you're doing to be arranging. You're also doing a lot more behind the scenes when it comes to this game than any other thing. Um, yeah. Certainly, myself, uh, I am. <laughs> I've been ridiculously busy this month, mm-hmm. um, and haven't done as much as I would like. Um, so, again, thank you for the help you've had there. Um, I know your <laughs> your expertise with us is, is 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 great because you've obviously arranged one of these games before. Did you score a penalty that day? <laughs> um, I'm, I wasn't going to bring it up, and I'm not <laughs> going to bring it up. Um, I've had my moment of glory. Um, That's fine. As long as you don't have a moment of glory in the next one, that's my turn. Hopefully. I'm just hoping that Aberdeen don't need to go to penalties this time. Although we'll probably have a penalty shout anyway, even if um, Celtic win 4 0, Aberdeen win 5 0. We'll still have one just for a laugh. I'm definitely having one then. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that at the end of March. So. Yeah. Uh, and that's for um, back on side who've um, yes. contested to do some good stuff. They were, um, you know, working over Christmas and stuff while um, we were yeah. feet up. Um, I, w- I would say watch TV, but <laughs> um, I'd be telling because I don't even know what was on Christmas um, on TV over Christmas. Gavin and Stacey. Hmm? Gavin and Stacey. I heard that got rotten reviews. Really? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's about the only thing I watched over Christmas <laughs> period when it came to telly, and I thought it was really good. So, yeah. well, it's obviously Hugmanay. T- well, um, we're obviously recording, yeah. but Hugmanay tomorrow. Um, the big thing was the only excuse for dropping the character Frank McAvaney, um, and Frank McAvaney was quite pleased about that because he says, like everyone else has been saying, the show is in need of 
brand new ideas. Personally, I think it's just outstayed its welcome. Um, it, it used to be amazing. I haven't watched it in 11 years. It needs somebody else. I think yeah. Jonathan Watson has exhausted his um, his impressions a long yeah. time ago. Now. Um, yeah. I mean, when, at its peak, actually before, after its peak, probably, uh, was around the time I was watching it, and you had like Alistair McGowan, he was kind of involved in it, and there was another yeah. guy, there was a lot of real good talent. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be... Jonathan Watson and some other people. Yeah. It's, it's when they started brought bringing in politicians into it, just like Kathy Jemison impressions, I just thought, you're really um, striving yeah. it now. I tried watching it again, I think it was 2017, um, and it lasted 10 minutes, didn't laugh at one joke, and I thought, no, you're going where I left it in 20, um, in 2009. I'll, I'll give him credit for the fact that he brought in the politician thing, because at least he was trying to change it. We're all we're all demanding that something has to change. So if he's trying to broaden yeah. football, I can kind of understand that. But it's still just him. I think it needs it needs freshened up. Yeah, it needs fresh blood to do that. Aye. I know. Because I don't then... I don't think the concept is bad. It's just it feels like most of Twitter could write better material these days. Yeah. Like if you got like um what. Simpsons SPFL get involved <laughs> if you got like uh, fun facts involved uh, the soccer guy how, yes how, how, the soccer guy you could do a, what, at least 10 minutes with a soccer guy surely yeah. <laughs> maybe not 10 minutes but certainly the, 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 I mean the soccer guy has been absolute gem <laughs> in, in recent months even even the the the, the, the um the post for the weekend <laughs> brilliant it's just all, I mean before the game you had um was it like up to knees and friendship or something? I bet that, yeah. My favourite one was um, WATP, which he, um, he, he changed to We Achieved the Points. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, regardless of what side of the defence you sit on, yeah. you know, even when your team's been beaten, you just look at that and think, oh my God, that is, hilarious. That is good stuff. Fair play to the guy. Um, I'm actually laughing about that. He's got final score from Parrot's Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that one. Paradise, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of time in his hands. Um, yeah, but no, fair play. He's obviously getting a lot of followers and getting a lot of. Um, although I think he needs to go and get more bait. <laughs> I, I, I so many people think it's serious. It just makes me laugh. Yeah, that's makes me laugh more. I think we are totally pals. That was the other one. That was before <laughs> the game. Oh, the so cry was, "We know who our friends are." Up their knees and friendly, but who are up the road? <laughs> Nicola Catholic. <laughs> oh, I and Fred O'Morellis. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a modern day like Scotch and Rice sketch. Let's be honest. Um, the, the, that's obviously Hogmanay stuff that I'm referring to. Scotch and Rice, but uh, the 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 one that always cracks me up, the, the one that seems to catch people out more than anything that I've noticed recently, is when he refers to Scotty McClure. Yes. When he's talking about Julian. But then again, I know. We know. <laughs> that's a that's I can't wait for Scottish Cup weekend because then he'll be saying, yeah, it's uh, three points for Rangers for beating Stranraer or, or whatever he calls Stranraer. Um, that's assuming Rangers beat Stranraer or the Reindeers. 
There's no they're reason. In deals, yeah. Yes. They're in deals in the Celtics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fair enough. Keep just after just me. Find Scottish football's moved on from one excuse. We have yeah. a variety of talent you just have to go on Twitter for half an hour to find. Mm-hmm. Or Facebook yeah. and whatever social media you want to choose. Um, I'm not saying it's us <laughs> at all. No. I, I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a funny guy. I have nothing on these guys. These guys are crack me up constantly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think that's the kind of thing I would like to see kind of freshened up. Um, whether it would translate into a half hour Hogman A show, I don't know. Yeah. Um, certainly, I, fun facts rights for somebody, does he not? It's like, there's a. Probably. Um, one of the websites or one of the newspapers or something has always got like a, yeah. a weekly roundup from old fun facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we should, um, you know, fill the only excuse slot by any stretch of imagination. But um, surely we could be more involved for the as an alternative for the Hogmanay show than Jackie Bird still going. She's not doing it. Is she not? Is she? She is done. She is retired. No longer uh, on BBC. I knew she'd news. stop. Um, Report Scotland. Doing, no, you've got. Um, oh, right pond again. Oh, I forgot what her name is. She's a wee funny. Woman that I've heard on Radio 4's reviews <laughs> quite things like that. All right. Susan Calvin, she's doing it. So, right. uh, hi. Um, I think Travis are on as well for music, which, which is a, somebody I've heard of. Right. I'll probably um, be to be honest with the bells. That's what life with a, um, a four, nearly five year old is like. <laughs> my son's nearly six and he's buzzing for it. He's, he's dead excited because he's probably going to stay up. Because he stayed up last year with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time he's done, so I think he's quite excited again this year. Yeah, he likes watching the fireworks because like, these days you can see like, the fireworks going off in the distance for Glasgow. So, uh, it's a good fun. Yeah. Well, hope you enjoy your new year, whatever you're up to. And, uh, yeah, um, and, and hope- same to everyone else. Thanks for listening to the calendar year. Absolutely, and I hope 2020 you come back for, for more of the same. Terrible banter and really good interviews. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in 2020 come back with double vision. Um. Oh, see, there's a terrible banter starting already. That is going to do my head in by about March. <laughs> maybe not March, maybe January 3rd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we make 2020 vision jokes. Uh, maybe you might not even get to January first before you're fed up with that kind of crap banter. I had to fill well, it in there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well. The, it's the 30th of December. I might just make January before I get fed up. Because uh, I've, I've, I've not heard too much yet, yet, but you know it's coming. Yeah, definitely. Like, like the Rangers, I suppose. Yeah. I, I would say, that, not to everyone that's listening, thanks very much. Hope you have a, a good um, new year. Um, I would say that I hope your team prospers in 2020, but I'd be totally lying because there's only two teams I care about. So um, on that note, what we should hopefully all agree on, good luck Scotland in 2020, that they can yes. qualify for Euros. And, um, Hopefully they can, they can stuff us and whoever it is that we play in the, the, the final as well and then we go to Euro 2020 and I don't really care at that point if we go to Euro 2020 I will be delighted we can yeah. get stuffed three games in a row I don't care we'll qualify for something Yeah. Um, but uh, aye, let's beat Israel and beat Serbia or Norway whichever one it is mm-hmm. we're there yeah. that'll yeah. do me easy done <laughs> fingers aye hey. cheers Chris cheers everyone cheers everybody